Ephesians 2, verse 1 to 10. If you have your Bible, you can follow along. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much, that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Amen. So we've been uh, starting off a series in looking at uh, the, the book of Genesis the very beginning of, of everything. And uh, it's, uh, it's a, a series that I've that I'm been looking forward to and, and enjoying the, the study that goes along with it. Um, I think it's really essential for us to understand how God has revealed the beginning for us. We hear a lot of talk these days about, about people trying to discover their own identity, to understand who they are. But I think one of the things that I have found, and I, I think it's, uh, it's probably pretty common, in order to be able to understand yourself, you need to understand where you come from. The beginning... Uh, of, of how, of where we have, have begun speaks volumes into who we are today. And I think it's important for us to understand where the universe, where the earth has come from, that beginning point, because that helps us understand then who we are and who God wants us, who God has created us and called us to be. And, and um, helps us find a, a firm foundation, a firm footing for, for everything else that we would do in our lives. So, we're right at the beginning of Genesis, Genesis chapter 1. And last week we started reading uh, and, and looking at verse 1 of Genesis chapter 1. Today we are going to get all the way to the end of verse 2. We are smoking through this. Um, 
So let's read this together. If you want to turn in your Bibles, and, and for those of you, if, if you don't have a Bible here this morning, we do have, a, we do have some over on the side table. Um, we have more that, that are available to you. We want to make sure that, uh, that you have an opportunity to follow along, and you're welcome to take those home with you. Um, there is lots in there that I know that you're going to find valuable in your life. So Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So last week when we looked at in the beginning, we talked about how this is the, the moment when God created time, space, and matter. All of that had to happen in the very same instant. You can't have time without space for a, a place for time to be measured. You can't have matter without uh, a, a place for it or a time for it. All of those things, those three pieces are essential together. And it's encapsulated in that very first verse. In the beginning, God created. So in the beginning is the creation of time. God created the heavens. That's the, the creation of space, a place to put time and matter. And, and God created the earth. That is matter. <clears throat> one of the things that, that a careful reading of this will reveal is the way that, that, that the passage describes the beginning of the universe just does not fit a naturalistic, materialistic worldview of the beginning of the universe. Even if you were to skip beyond the, what's described as the Big Bang, the, the, the infinite singularity that had all of the energy of the universe compressed down into this infinitely small point in nowhere, so much, I'm not going to go into that, all of it compressed compressed into there so that at some point something happened where that all began to expand. Even if you disregard that and take a step back or a step forward into the development of, of stars and planets and all that kind of stuff, you'll know that, that this description of how things began doesn't fit with the idea that, that most of us went through in, in school the description of how things happened, of that there was the formation of, of stars. And we talked about that last year, uh, not last year, um, last week, um, as, as the stars are forming in nebula, as, as dust and gas collects in a, in a certain area and starts compressing more and more and creating all kinds of energy that then turns into fusion and, and creates a star out of all of that. Uh, the stars get formed and then in their 
gravitational well and their influence on space around them. They begin to capture other debris that is in, the, in, in space around them, which then turns and forms into planets and asteroids and all the rest of that kind of stuff. That's the process that the naturalistic worldview would say is how, how things had to begin. And, and if you're looking at the beginning of the universe... From, from that kind of natural point of view where, where all that there is is nature, then yes, that's the process that has to take place in order for, for stars and for planets to come into, into being. But the Bible isn't describing a natural process. And as we talked about last week, Really, there is no natural explanation for the existence of the universe. Because time, space, and matter cannot suddenly appear out of nothing. There is no natural explanation for something being here when before at some point there was nothing. And we talked about how, last week we talked about how we know that our universe had a beginning and the, the different proofs of all of that, that it's not an infinite universe. And so it must have had a beginning. And therefore, because it must have had a beginning, then we, then we have to come to grips with the, the understanding that there is no natural process where something comes out of nothing. And so since there is something... That means that there must be someone who is outside of natural processes, who is greater than natural process, who is the, the mind behind natural laws, that is the uncaused cause that has begun all of this and set it into motion. And so if we already have to get to that place, no matter what worldview that you have, you have to come to a place uh, of admitting that there is a supernatural cause to the universe, universe's existence. Then why would you look for any other explanation than the very one who has declared this is how the beginning happened? And so here... In Genesis, in the, in the possession of Genesis, <laughs> I don't know how you say that, anyway. In, in Genesis, the description here is that God created the heavens, space, and earth. You'll notice there are there's no description of a moon being created. You'll notice that there's no description of other planets that were also created at that time. And, and as we go on and read further, and we will get to this in the, in the upcoming weeks, you realize that there is not even a sun created yet. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. 
that doesn't fit our idea, our, our, our natural worldview. That's because it didn't happen naturally. It was a supernatural intervention by God on our behalf. So then it goes on, verse 2 goes on to describe what the earth was like in that first day, that first moment of creation. The earth was without form and void. The Hebrew word that is the Hebrew phrase that is being used there is tohu vabohu. It means formless. Um, it means it, 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 it's a phrase that that is is unique. There's only one other moment that it is one other place that it's used within all the rest of Scripture, and and what it's talking about is a place that that is uninhabitable. It had no, no uh, organization. When we look at the, at the earth today, we see all kinds of organization and connection between different species, different, uh, different habitats, different places, different, uh, all kinds of, of pieces in the, in the environment that, that function together that, that build into one another, that support one another, that, that, that feed one another, that, that uh, 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 nurture and, 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 and uh, process all of that together. There is an organization to it all that is essential for life. Tohu Vabohu is, is talking about that there was no organization in the world there was there was no environment there was no habitat there was no there was nothing that was there that that made it available for life and so it was tohu formless vabohu and empty void there was there was nothing there there was no life that was there created on earth That's an important place for us to start because what it is describing then, it is, as it's talking about the initial state of the earth, we are then going to, over the next six days, see how God forms and fills the earth. All of the details that need to be there in order to create it to be habitable, a place where life can flourish, and specifically, human life. See, that's one of the key pieces about, uh, about the description of how things all began by, by talking about God created the heavens and the earth. It, it begins our focus on recognizing that within the greatness of our universe that is all around us, in, in the beauty and the, the, the vastness and the splendor of it all, that the earth is unique. The earth is, is the central purpose for why all the rest of this was created. And as we go through this description of how God goes about forming and filling the earth, 
we see that humanity becomes the pinnacle, the climax of all of his creative acts. Because God is creating, he is filling, and he is forming this earth and this universe for us, his image bearers. So that we could have a place where we can live, where we can thrive, where we can experience relationship with Him. Where we have an opportunity to explore and discover the vastness of who He is being revealed through all of the things that He has created. That that we would be able to, to enjoy and celebrate in the great diversity that there is within God of all of the smells and tastes and sights, the feelings, all of those, those things, the, the complexity of, of relationships, of, of differences between individuals, the, 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 the beauty, the tapestry that, that comes out of community together. All of these things are, are put together so that humans have an opportunity to discover God, to know Him, to work to live with Him, to be on mission with Him, to serve and to proclaim Him. This is getting just a little bit ahead of myself, but I want to give you just kind of a sneak peek into something that's coming up in verses following. Look at at verse 26. This is God's mandate, His call on humanity. So he says, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let him have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heaven and over the livestock and over all the earth and over over every creeping thing. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. God is calling humanity to join with Him in filling that which was void. Be fruitful and multiply the earth and fill the earth and subdue it. God is calling humanity to join Him in forming the earth. He calls humans to be in a position of of authority, His delegated authority here on earth where we are to lead all of creation into a discovery of who God is and into worship and praise of Him, fulfilling each one of our created purpose. The reasons for why God had created us all. So as image bearers of God, we are called to continue and join with God in His mission of forming and filling the earth. That is a, uh, a wonderful a wonderful opportunity, a unique opportunity that we have apart from all other creation 
In fact, it's one of the ways that we actually reveal, or, 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 or not reveal, but reflect the image of God within ourselves as humanity, that we can be involved in the very same activities that God was involved in of forming and filling the earth. So then he goes on to describe a little bit more. The, the, the earth was, was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep. There was no light yet. Again, emphasizing the lack of habitability of this place of earth and the need for God to form it in order to be able to fill it. And darkness was over the face of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So you get this picture of, of, of the earth, but at this point it is all covered in water, submerged underwater. We will get to the point where God will separate the water from the land and will, will raise up the land so that there is a, a place for, for humanity to dwell. Uh, we are not marine creatures. We need land in order to be able to, to live. And so God continues to form that in order to fulfill those needs of a place for us to, to live. So darkness was over the face of the deep. Uh, water covered all of the, the surface of, of the earth. But the Spirit of God was hovering. See, God was not done yet. Even in the midst of that place where, where it is inhabitable for humans. Uh, this place where there is darkness, where there's nothing that you can see where there's no dry land for you to be able to stand, in this place that, that is not livable, God is there. The active presence of God was already on the earth, beginning that, that process of forming and filling it. I think it's kind of interesting looking at the other place in Scripture where that phrase, Hebrew phrase, tohu vabohu, is. We find that in Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 4. Turn with me over to Jeremiah chapter 4. Jeremiah is one of the prophets that, that was there in Judah right before the, the, the uh, Babylonian army through, under Nebuchadnezzar came and defeated Jerusalem and was able to overthrow them and then actually remove the people into exile, taking them off of the land that God had promised and taking them to Babylon, all because of their sin and rebellion against God. And Jeremiah was a part of all of that. And, and, and God used him in a powerful way to be able to, to call people back to a place of repentance, to describe for them what was to come uh, what was to come of the wrath of God because of their sin that they had, 
that they had uh, committed against him. And in, in Jeremiah chapter 4, and we're going to start reading verse 23. This is one of the pieces where it, it talks about the devastation that, that occurred because of the sin of the people of Israel. Verse 23 of, of Jeremiah chapter 4, it says, I looked on the earth and behold, it was tohu vabohu. It was without form and void. And to the heavens, and they had no light. I looked on the mountains, and behold, they were quaking, and all the hills moved to and fro, and I looked, and behold, there was no man. All the birds of the air had fled. I looked, and behold, the fruitful land was a desert, and all its cities were laid in ruins before the Lord, before His fierce anger. What we see God describing here is a reversal of creation. That when God created, it was tohu vabohu, formless and void. And then He went on a process of forming and filling it. And then created humans, His image bearers, to then carry on that process of, uh, uh, of, of forming the earth, of, of bringing structure and, 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 and uh, a fruitfulness to the land so that it would be filled with all of the goodness that God had implanted here on earth. But because of our sin, death and decay was, was unleashed in God's good creation. And from that moment, there has been this process of undoing all of the good that God had done in creation to the point where, once again, the land can be called tohu vabohu, formless and void, empty, nothing there. But just as in the beginning of creation, where this void, empty, un uninhabitable planet existed, the Spirit of God is there. And even in the midst of, uh, of the devastation of our sin, the destructiveness of our rebellion against God, all of the, the, the casualties that there, there exist, the victims that are there because of our self-centeredness, whether it is each other, whether it is uh, uh, nature itself, whether it's the environment, whether it is uh, uh, society, all of these destructive things that are pulling away and re reverting back to that tohu vabohu. The Spirit of God hovers over the waters. And He is doing a rebirth in the lives of His people. That He is, uh, through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and through the calling of His people to walk in the paths that He has called them to, that He is doing a reforming and a refilling. 
Maybe you are feeling tohu vohu, formless, void. That there is no life in you any longer. That it seems like relationships are, are, are disintegrating before your very eyes. That, uh, that, that those things that you thought, those dreams that you had that, that gave you such hope for tomorrow are, are, are quickly fading away in the reality of, uh, of your own selfishness, but also in the cumulative selfishness of everybody else in this planet. Don't lose hope because the Spirit of God hovers over your waters. And He's ready to reform and to refill your life with all that you were meant to be, with all that He has created you for. And not only that, He will then call you to carry on that process of forming and filling in the lives of those that are around you, in your communities. As followers of Christ, we have this tremendous privilege of being able to join with Christ in forming and filling these broken places, the the broken lives that we see all around. We have an opportunity to, to carry on that work that God has created that God began way back when, in the beginning. It's only possible because the Spirit of God hovers over our waters. Just like we celebrated at the communion table, it's because of what Christ has done for us that new life is possible within our hearts. And that's the challenge of this passage here in Genesis. That's the promise that God lays before us. Is that no matter how tohu vabohu things get, the Spirit of God is there. And He can bring life. Let's pray. Jesus, you know the one that is here today who is feeling that formless, that emptiness in their lives. You know all of the different ways that they have tried to to fill that up, to to try and bring some, some structure and organization to their life, and yet everything that they try crumbles. Lord, I pray that they would be aware of your Spirit hovering over them right now today. That they would be hearing your Spirit's voice speak to them that there there is life. There is abundant life that He wants to bring into their lives that they can receive through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on their behalf that will deal with that emptiness, that, 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 that formless that's in their life that, that comes about because of our sin. And that you want to make them a new creation. 
to take that old heart that's corrupted with sin and give a new heart that's ready for life, that's ready to to serve, that's ready to go on mission of, of making this world a place that's habitable for all humanity, for each one of us to be able to discover the wonder of relationship with you. So Lord, I pray that that you would be working, your spirit would be working in their hearts right now today and that they would be ready to say yes. That's what I want. I know I've made a mess of my life. I'm ready to receive that forming and filling that can only come through the Spirit of God, through Jesus Christ's sacrifice on my behalf. And I put my faith in that gift, in your promise, to see my life be made new. If that's you here this morning, I would encourage you, talk with somebody that you came with. Uh, talk with me. There are many here that would be loved to help you understand and, and know what it is to receive the gift of Jesus Christ into your own life. To receive that forming and filling that only the Spirit of God can do in you. I don't walk away from here today. Don't, uh, don't leave this place without receiving that gift for yourself. Lord Jesus, we pray for all the rest, all of us that are called by, by your name that have been uh, uh, drawn into your family. Lord, there is so much tohu vabohu around us. Would you prepare our hearts to be unleashed as your image bearers joining in, the, that, in that mission of forming and filling this, this place, uh, that, that we would form and fill our families. Those people that are closest to us, that, that we would, uh, through your empowerment, be able to bring life into our immediate household. And then to be able to reach beyond that to our neighbors, uh, to our co-workers, to those that are closest to us, to our community, Lord, to our, 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 our province, to our nation, to our world, that, that we would be your agents of forming and filling in this world. And through your Spirit working in us, that there would be a multitude of others that would come to know Jesus Christ and discover that forming and filling themselves thank you for what you are going to do in each and every one of us what a great and mighty God you are (laughs) what a perfectly intimate personal Savior you are for each one of us we praise you Amen